My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Today on Watching Your Wealth, what grandparents need to know about 529 plans. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, while you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Peg Criante is a senior vice president at Ascensus College Savings. Welcome, Peg. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Great to have you. Peg, first I want to get your take on why more senior citizens are having student loan debt. What's happening here? Yes, yes. I mean, we're, we are seeing that. I mean, far too often... Um, grants, scholarships, and savings aren't enough to pay the bills at a student's school of choice. And students are asked to cover the difference with loans. And sometimes these loans will require a cosigner, and parents or even grandparents will sign on the dotted line um, in order to make an educational dream come true. But if that student can't make those payments, then that debt and the credit rate issues that, that go along with not paying that debt or defaulting on that debt, um, become a problem of the student and whoever co-signed the loan. Um, financial planners who are interviewed in the press regularly will warn um, against co-signing for loans that may be difficult or, in some cases, even impossible for that student to pay. So, so parents and grandparents should really think carefully before co-signing. That's right, because there's no loans to help you with retirement. If you're in retirement, who's going to help you? Where are you going to turn for help? You need to think about exactly. that before you sign exactly. anything. That's right. So. How can a 529 help a grandparent who otherwise wants to be of service, wants to help out their grandchild? Yeah, yeah, 529s can be an excellent tool for grandparents who are seeking to help their their grandchildren save for college. There are a lot of benefits, and I'll just talk about a few of them. Um, first of all, the grandparent, as the account owner, will retain complete control over the account. And so what that means is, the grandchild who would be the named beneficiary um, is on the account, but that beneficiary doesn't have access to the account, nor do the beneficiary's parents have access. So it's fully controlled um, at all times by that grandparent. Um, second, if a grandparent has multiple grandchildren but, but isn't quite sure which grandchildren will go on to school, some may get scholarships, um, so they're not really not sure how to allocate um, the money that they, they want to use to help their grandchildren, they should know they can move assets between those beneficiary accounts for their grandchildren with no taxes or, or penalties, um, as long as you follow those 529 rules. Um, and um, third, nearly all 529 savings plans offer age-based investment options, which can be really attractive for grandparents, particularly those who are saving for multiple grandchildren, and those grandchildren may be going to school over a 10- or even 20-year horizon, and it can be pretty complicated to try to think about how you manage, you know, investments and account risk for, for all those different accounts. So what age-based tracks really allow is for accounts to be invested appropriately based on uh, when that beneficiary um, is likely to need the funds to go to college. Um, and so the grandparents don't need to be constantly overseeing it and rebalancing those accounts. Um, and then just, I guess, one last point is that there's a lot of confusion out there about 529s and their status as state-sponsored plans. 
And just because you're invested in one state's 529 savings plan, it doesn't mean there's any restrictions on your grandchildren to attend schools in that state or even to live in that state. Um, you can be a grandparent and invest in your own state's plan and have beneficiaries who all live in other states who then use those accounts for qualified expenses at schools in any state or um, they can even use them internationally. So so don't, you know, we, we really encourage, um, you know, grandparents not to get confused uh, about the state-sponsored aspect of um, a 529 program. That's an important distinction to make. Also, if for some reason your grandkids don't want to use the 529 or they've, they're all done with school and you still have money in the 529 accounts, grandparents can use that money to go to school themselves if they wish. So that's another Absolutely. option. Right. Absolutely. There's, there's a lot of flexibility as long as you are in a family, and, and family members um, in terms of 529s is pretty broadly defined. That's right. um, they could, you could use it for the beneficiary's parents. As you said, the grandparent could use it for education. So lots of flexibility in terms of who, who, who um, can use those, those dollars for education. Now, there are a few things folks need to consider before opening a 529, and you mentioned the state. So one big thing, though, with each state is that each state has its own contribution limits. So talk to us about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the things, um, as uh, you know, there are a lot of different options out there um, for opening up, you know, for choosing uh, a 529 plan. And we really encourage people to understand how their own state's plan is, is constructed um, you mentioned the contribution limits that they definitely will vary by plan. Generally, they're over three hundred thousand dollars, and and I will say um, that few plans ever get to that amount. We we administer about thirty percent of the the five twenty nine plans in the country today, and and so we have a pretty good sense of of where these account balances are. So um, so few ever will ever get to that three hundred thousand, but certainly that does vary by state. Um, what really, I guess, the biggest difference between states is how states um, treat 529s from a tax perspective. Um, and many states offer special benefits to residents who invest in 529s. And it's really, we, we think it's, it's really important for people to understand that um, as, they, as they're looking to select a plan. Indeed. So look at the, how the tax impact of the 529 plan is. Look at the fees of the plan. Look at the investment choices. Those are a th- few things you need to consider. Also, mm-hmm. in terms of how much can a grandparent contribute to the 529 per year per grandchild without incurring federal taxes, gift taxes? Remind us of that. Right. Um, so there's, there's an annual contribution limit of $14,000 a year. Um, per beneficiary, per grandparent, um, before gift taxes kick in. Um, but what 529 rules do allow for is the lumping of those um, contributions into one year. So effectively, um, a $70,000 limit per beneficiary, per um, parent or grandparent. So what that means is uh, a grandmother and grandfather contributing together um, to a grandchild could potentially... Um, contribute $140,000 in one lump sum to each grandchild once every five years without triggering that dis- that um, that gift tax. So there are many things we need to consider when opening a 529 plan, different fees, what state to open the plan in, how much mm-hmm. we want to contribute. How do we analyze our choices? How do we decide which 529 plan we want to open? Yeah, you know, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I, um, we really encourage um, people to start by looking at the in-state plan or often plans. There are many states who offer multiple plans, 
and, and make sure that you understand those in-state benefits as, as you look um, to choose a 529 plan. Um, as you said, there are a lot of different sponsors of 529s. You know, by the time you're a grandparent, um, you probably have a fund management firm that, that you feel comfortable with. Um, and nearly all large U.S. fund managers offer at least one 529 plan. So um, it's pretty easy to go out there and Google your, you know, uh, an investment firm that you're comfortable with and see what their offerings are in terms of, of 529s. Um, I would say, you know, in terms of fees, um, fees, use, fees certainly can be a differentiator, but fees have come down significantly in the last 20 years since 529s um, first came to be. Um, and most plans are very attractively priced, considering the, the high-quality investments that, that are included in the plans, the tax treatment, uh, and the professional management that is offered. Um, so there's really a lot of great choices out there, and it's, I, I would say it's, it's pretty hard to go wrong. Thank you so much, Peg. Would you stick around and take our college savings quiz? <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks. You stick around, too. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. For more insights, enable the Wall Street Journal skill on any device with Amazon Alexa. Get all of our podcasts as well as the latest news and market updates. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. We're back with the census, Peg Criante, who's going to take our college savings quiz. You ready, Peg? I'm ready. All right, what's the best college savings advice you ever heard? Um, the best advice I ever heard was don't feel like you need a very specific goal before you start saving because that can cause paralysis. I would say, you know, just start, even if it means just putting $25 a month away in an age-based product in your own state's 529 plans. 529s are very flexible, so if you want to take another path um, later down the line, um, they, that you'll be able to. So that's really the best advice I ever I ever heard was just, just start, even if it's $25 a month. Nice. Worst college savings advice you ever heard? Uh, when here, here's some pretty bad advice. When when my son was born, um, a senior leader at my company took me aside and he explained to me that I'd need to start saving eight hundred dollars a month if I wanted to save enough for a private school. So I better start saving right away. And I will tell you that that conversation panicked me enough I'm to, sure. to stop me in my tracks, and it actually delayed my college savings by a couple of years. Wow! Yeah, fill in the <laughs> blank. Oh, I just get nervous thinking about it. Fill in the blank. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a true story. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. Fill in the blank. A college savings can buy. Yeah. So um, a five uh, five twenty nine uh, college savings plan. You can use that. Um, you can you can use uh, that for. Um, tuition, room and board, um, off-campus housing, mandatory fees, um, computers, all those items that are mandatory for post-secondary school attendance. And, and this applies to four-year um, universities and colleges, private and public schools, community colleges, trade schools, vocational schools, you name it. College savings can't buy... They can't buy um, travel expenses, so my son has to fly back and forth from school. I can't use his 529 account for those expenses. Um, he's in a fraternity. I can't use it for those expenses. Any parking fees, 
really those things that really aren't mandatory for attending a school. And if you won a million dollars after tax, what would you do with it? <laughs> after taking a very nice vacation, um, uh, I'd invest it with guidance from my, my advisor. That's what I'd do. Thanks for joining us, Peg. Thank you so much. It's been great chatting. And this has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of the Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening. Now you can enjoy podcasts from the Wall Street Journal on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and the Google Play Music app, WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously.